Good morning, afternoon, evening to everybody tuning in. Um, this is the second recorded episode of the New Jungle Podcast with your host, Garrett. And I'm really excited for this episode. Um, I'm also excited for the future. I don't know when this is going out or what timeline is going on, but I have some really good stuff with some really good people coming up and who knows I may upload one first or this one first or who knows but I'm I'm excited but uh back to business as usual I want to talk about our season because my first podcast that I recorded was more of the introduction and I wanted to get y'all enthusiastic and hoping to get y'all involved and know what I what I like to do and who I am and who I am as a Bengals fan as a person. So um but this episode we're diving right in. We're we're not skipping a beat. This is this is something I I'm excited to do. I love talking about it. I love going into it. And I want to dive into new news. I want to analyze stuff that I haven't gotten to otherwise, just because I'm late to the game. But I want to go through things that the team has done and the team will do in the coming weeks and my opinions and what I what I'm confident in, what I'm kind of lacking in, confidence in, and where I think this team is going to go this year. Because I, I think I, I'm in the same boat as some people, but I could shock a lot of you naysayers and no diss on you. I respect everybody's opinion. Everybody's different, and I get skepticism, and I get not being confident I get all of it and I don't ever want to discredit anybody's opinion but I I I do want to I do want to try to rebut with my homerism and my positivity so um my first order of business I want to talk about the draft and I know everybody talked about it I know we our picks are in I don't have a choice whether or not I liked the pick or didn't, which, spoiler alert, I loved all the picks. Um, I I don't have a single complaint about anything that our team did. Uh, We addressed what we needed to address. We got our guy, I think, of the future who can pair up with Joe Burrow and be a recreation of what the 2019-2020 LSU offense was, which by no stretch of the imagination was incredible. Um, I I really am excited and I'm, I'm hungry after the draft. I'm hungry to get into week one and I'm hungry to get in. And I want to talk about more of the the positives and negatives of the draft and what I think the national media is trying to push and what I think the 
the narrative that is being set is going to affect some people. And obviously everybody's heard it. We don't need to go over it again. Every, everybody in the national media hated the Jamar Chase pick. I, I shouldn't say everybody, most people. I think people have warmed up to the idea knowing our thought process, hindsight 2020, but there are a lot of people saying that we're gonna kill Joe or Jamar Chase isn't going to help this offense. You need an offensive line. And Penesal was the only way, God forbid, that we can improve this offensive line, which is not true at all. Um, it, in fact, it's quite the opposite. I think we did more in this scenario than we would have done if we would have drafted Panay Sewell because we signed Riley Reef. We drafted three O-linemen. We got a new O-line coach, which we would have done either way, but I think that is a huge contributing factor, especially when it comes to three very solid offensive linemen that we got in surprising spots. Um, I, in my draft board that I kind of had on the down low because I was still in the process of thinking about this whole podcasting thing and whether or not I was going to do it or not, but I, I like Jackson Carmen a lot. Obviously, being a student at Bama, I didn't really like that he was so good at blocking Trevor Lawrence because I despise Trevor Lawrence purely because I despise Clemson. But, I mean, T. Higgins came out of there, my favorite player right now. Um, and Jackson Carmen is no, no force to try to demean. He, he is a bad dude. He can ball. And I, I have no questions on that pick. I, that pick was great. Um, our two other offensive linemen that we drafted, we got them at lower spots, which I think kind of fits with who they were as a draft prospect. And I, I wasn't really surprised, but coming out of there with, I, I want to go down the list of who we got for big names and just let it resonate with people for a minute. Jamar Chase, the number one wide receiver prospect, and quite possibly a top five prospect in the entire draft. I know, granted, he was drafted top five. However, whether or not he was top five prospects, Jackson Carmen blocked for the number one pick in the draft. Joseph Osai, one of the baddest dudes to come out of Texas in a while, especially on that defensive ed end side. Tyler Shelvin, the biggest, baddest man in it, on the Bayou Bengals in that 2019 season. He nobody knew his name, but they knew when you saw how big he was. 
if you weren't an LSU fan or you weren't paying attention, you you still could have caught a glimpse of that guy. He is big, and that's not saying that he is big in a bad way. He's big in all the right ways. He he will stuff up that line, and he I want to describe him as a new Domitop Echo. And if anybody remembers that name, that is how I am analyzing that pick. We are trying to get another gritty nose tackle, somebody who's going to go in and stuff the line, stop the run, pressure the quarterback up the middle so that people like Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard can get to him later. We, Evan McPherson, quite possibly the most underrated pick. And I know a lot of people didn't like that we picked a kicker in the fifth round, but who knows that he is somebody that I was absolutely okay with picking. I actually was talking to my parents before the draft even started, I think the week before. And I was like, the Bengals are going to draft a kicker. Randy Bullock was not our guy. We thought he was for a little bit, but it was just not working out. And I get the whole fat Randy meme, but that you can't have a guy like that trying to win games, especially week one of your new franchise quarterback season. first game ever and your hamstring whatever I'm still upset about that as you can tell I'm salty but that's just me being salty and petty and whatever that's nothing new I I football gets me in those moods but the draft was great all right I think you guys are tired of that um hearing the same thing over and over and over but On to the next schedule. Very, very optimistic. I am very optimistic, and that's not me being almost a Homer Bengals fan. That is me looking at this as a football, former football player and somebody who enjoys the game of football and somebody who knows a lot, not just about my team, but other people's teams. Not a lot about other people's teams, I guess, as much as I do the Bengals, because obviously, but there are, this schedule is something that could skyrocket the Bengals into a very good spot in not only the national media, but in free agency next year. Um, And I want to go through the schedule with you and give my predictions because it's something that I've been really having to sit down and use my big brain and try to think of the best way to go about this. And I want to go by a metric of winnable games. I want to go through and see games that I would bet money on. 
not because I'm so confident and cocky, but because of all the right reasons. I I think our team has improved roster-wise. I think our team has improved culture-wise. I think that we've improved in, like I said, all the right reasons or all the right ways. And going through this schedule, I think I've looked through it probably 10 times now, trying to go through and do my homework and see, okay, where, when, what are our tendencies against this team? How have we played? Who, who's going to be on the team? Who's gone? Who's new? Um, what time of, is it a pivotal time for the Bengals at that point for them to win a game? Do they need to not lose a game? What I, I went through everything. And these are my predictions on our 2021 schedule. Sunday, September 12th, Minnesota at home. I think that's a very winnable game. Um, I'm excited to see. Uh, I know there's going to be so many people posting on social media about how, oh, my God, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase, the three Js out there in the middle of the field, they're going to dap each other up. They're going to give each other hugs. It's going to be it's going to be an awesome reunion. But that game's going to be fun to watch. It truly is going to be a great starting point for us, and I think it gives our team a strong opportunity to make a statement at the beginning of the year. However, I don't think it's the most pivotal game. In fact, next week, oh, by the way, Minnesota, I already said it, I believe, winnable game. Um, so at the end, I'll go through how many games I believe are winnable and who, and I'll give my realistic score prediction at the end. So back to it. Um, week two at Chicago in September. I feel like that is a must win game. That is a statement game for our team. We have been horrible away, let, let alone at home in the Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor era. We have been piss poor, not only in home games, just because of the powers that be at that time, but away games were truly difficult to watch at some times. And I think that this Chicago game with the Chicago defense, it's going to be a shootout, but I think it's absolutely winnable. And if we can go in and take that game, I think it makes a bigger statement than sweeping the Steelers or sweeping the Browns because it shows that especially if we win two in a row beginning of the season, coming off of a huge Joe Burrow injury, having so many doubts about the offensive line, I think that those two games are the biggest statement throughout the entire year. 
and coming out of it with two very winnable games. I'm confident. Um, I I don't see any reason why not. Honestly, I, I am still waiting on somebody to tell me why not. Um, and I'm going to continue to wait until somebody gives me a reason for me not to be confident about those games. And moving on to the next week at Pittsburgh, they don't scare me. After that Monday night game, I was there. The energy was different. It was a different team. I was watching a different fun. I was had I was watching a Bengals team that was having fun kicking the shit out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I haven't seen that in a while. It was something never before seen in my lifetime because I've always been told, oh, we hate the Steelers, but there's always been a fear, a slight fear in my brain that's like, oh, we're playing Pittsburgh this week. Who knows what's going to happen? And yeah, we win a couple here and there, but we've kind of been seen as the little brother in the AFC North over these last couple of years. And after that Monday night game, I don't really think that that's our that's our shtick anymore. And I'm no longer afraid of going into Heinz Field and being afraid. I, I think that we're going to go in, like Mike Daniels said in his uh, interview, he was like, we've beat Pittsburgh before. Why can't we do it with this team? And that mentality is incredible when it comes to an opponent like Pittsburgh. And at this point, why not? That that I feel like we should go into every game being like, why not us? Why can't we do it? Get give me a reason why. And we're gonna prove we're gonna prove people wrong. And after that, we have Jacksonville. I will walk back from Tuscaloosa to watch that game. That is a game that I need to see. That is a winnable game. It's a must-win game, honestly. I know I've said that about a couple games already, and it's only week four. But that's a must-win game it, for, for under the lights Thursday night. I know not as many people turn into Thursday night games as they do Monday or Sunday night, but that's a must-win game. National. Um, it's a nationally broadcasted game. It's not necessarily in certain areas of the country. Like you're you're watching the number one battle of the number one picks. And it's a quarterback battle. Um and I give to Joe Burrow every single day. Not not a doubt in my mind. And Green Bay at that next week, I I'm a little bit skeptical I have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth for some reason I feel like Aaron Rodgers is pissed off to the point where he almost doesn't care about anybody including his own team not meaning that he's not going to try it means that he's going to play his ass off to try to get a trade because we know maybe even before that point he might get traded somewhere and 
what's really scary is the thought of us possibly having to play him twice, once week five and once in week 15, if he ends up going to Denver for some reason. But that Green Bay game, they have a great team. I really thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, Tom Brady, I don't have anything else to say other than that. But then we have Detroit. I'm a little, for some reason, the Bengals have a track record of losing games we're supposed to win. And that happened a lot last year. And I have a feeling that that this Detroit game could be something similar, but I don't want to put my money against it. I feel like we have a solid team. I feel like we have a different mentality now. I feel like our mentality of, oh, this is an overlook game is gone. I feel like we go day by day, play by play, which is a really smart mentality. The game's not over until it's over. And we can, I have a strong feeling that we can go into Baltimore being four, two, four and two or five and one. And that's absolutely my honest opinion. Next, that next week, we do have Baltimore after Detroit. And I mean, we, we just got to stop Lamar Jackson for as much as I don't like him. He, he balls against us for some reason. He balls. And more so than any other team in the NFL. And who knows? I, that, I feel like that's a game where I can say I'm not expecting us to win. However, Sunday, October 31st, Halloween, New York Jets at New York. Pardon my French, but we're kicking the fuck out of them. Sorry. That That's all I have to say about that. Moving on. <laughs> November 7th, Cleveland. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to split every series or we're going to sweep Pittsburgh and split the other two. And we have a strong chance of being four and two in the division. Um, and this game at home, I feel like, could make a strong statement going into that bye week. And if we can go after being out of town for three weeks straight, going to Detroit, then Baltimore, then New York, come back home and beat Cleveland, which I think we can do, absolutely, going into a bye week, being upwards realistically, this is re- this is me being realistically saying we've only lost two games going into our week 10 pie week. But, um, I mean, like I said, I don't see any reason why not. So, um, I think we have a, at the, I want to say at the turn of the season from the beginning towards the home stretch, we have a strong chance of being seven and two, six and three. We might lose one or two where we were like, ah, couple plays, couple bad mental mistakes or something like that cost us the game and could be 
five and four, but that seems low for our strength of schedule at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to hover around six and three going into the turn. But that after the bye week, we have Las Vegas. Um, love it. Lo- love that we're going at, to Vegas. We're going to party it up, going to kick some ass and then leave. And then we have a home homestand, three-game homestand, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, San Francisco. In this order, I believe it is a win when who knows San Francisco was bitten by the injury bug last year and I really think they got an unfair um, uh, unfair turn of events however I feel like at this point in the season I think Trey Lance is their starter and Bengals have a weird track record against rookie quarterbacks and Blah, 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 but who knows? Um, I don't want to put any money on that just because I feel like we can win, but I'm not going into that game expecting to win. But um, that next week at Denver, that should be a win. It should. But I'm a little bit on the – I'm teetering, I guess, but – I still think um, I still think we have a strong opportunity to win that game. Then final three games of the season, Baltimore, Kansas City, Cleveland. Scary. That's a scary end to the season. Going up against Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and the greatest two-headed running scheme in all of football for two different weeks honestly I'd say Baltimore is also one of the scariest two-headed running um, monsters in the NFL as well outside of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins ball when they are both healthy and running so I expect us to maybe throw one more win in there, but I don't really expect that part of the season to be super critical if the beginning of the schedule goes according to plan, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But after that, I think maybe sprinkle in a win. We could go into Cleveland and take a series from them. I don't expect to beat Baltimore more than once. If we do, I'll, I'll take it. I'll run with it for miles. I will, I will take it and never have to deal with anything ever again. I, I'll take it forever. But um, I think realistically, looking at the schedule, end of the season, final consensus, I really believe we can be hovering around 11 and six with this 17 game season, 18 week, 17 game season. We have a strong chance of being above 500. And I feel like it has to happen for Zach Taylor because we've been promised so much of like, oh, we don't have our guys. Oh, we don't, it seems to be always like next year. And this is the next year. This is the year that it needs to happen. 
for free agency to work it Joe Joe Burrow's already somebody who free agents look at and are like Cincinnati's on the up we want to go there we want to we want to help that young rookie we we want to help him we want to go in and be a part of be a part of a new culture and I I think that if we win a good amount in this coming season, maybe we get enough into playoff contention. That sounds a little far-fetched. I'm not saying that that's a sure thing. I'm also not saying that that's what I expect, but I expect to be competitive. I expect to be a very competitive, hardworking, incredible team. I really do believe that we have a strong chance of being when it all is said and done, 10 and seven. That's my final stamp it, write it, put a signature, ship it off. 10 and seven is my prediction. And I know that the Vegas odds are over under as a six wins for us. And I'm like, have you seen our schedule at all? And I think we were possibly the best four 11 and one team that came out of last season. We got screwed in some one score games. And obviously with Joe Burrow's injury, I feel like that latter half of the season, we had a really strong chance of being really, really competitive. But unfortunately things just turned out for the worst. And um, coming into this, this next season, I'm, I'm really, really, really excited. But 10 and 7, wrap it, put a bow on it, boom, done. New Jungle Podcast prediction, 10 and 7 for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2021. Moving on to another topic about this new season. OTAs are wrapping up as I record this podcast. Um, holy shit, Joe Burrow. Do I need to say anything more? Is it, can I be done? Um, the, I feel like I can wrap up this podcast now and be, be over with it after, after saying what I said, but God damn, do his teeth look good. <laughs> They look so good, and I know that's not what anybody cares about except for everybody trying to be a little jokester, and including me. I, I like I, – I love the teeth. It it fits the guy. Um, he had some zip behind that ball, dude. He did. He was – he was slinging it around. It – Man, it's so exciting to be a Bengals fan. And what does it say about this team? A hundred percent attendance. Day one. Voluntary OTAs. You don't have to be there. Aaron Rodgers isn't there. You know goddamn well he doesn't want to be there. You know his receivers don't want to be there. You know nobody wants to be at OTAs when they don't have to be. Unless you want to win. And that is what's exciting. 
is that you don't do something that's voluntary. You don't go out and train for something. You don't go out and work hard unless you're trying to be the best version, scariest, meanest, most intense, most... You can tell that that team wants their opponents to fear them. And honestly, I feel like they're doing a great job at it. I, if I was a if I was a part of an AFC North team right now, that's not the Cincinnati Bengals. I'd be a little worried because we're a wild card right now. We're not somebody who you can sit down and look at an upcoming game against the Cincinnati Bengals as an overlook game. We're going to be competitive. We were competitive when we went 4-11-1. We were competitive in most games, except for the Baltimore ones, which still haunt me to my soul. I don't, I, I don't even know what went on. But we are competitive. We are a competitive team. And with the new faces, the new improvements, the new mindset, the new stripes, God damn. You do not want to mess with this team. You don't. And honestly, I don't blame anybody for not wanting to. Um, I. It's so exciting to be a Bengals fan. It's so exciting. And if there was anything that I could give to y'all as the listeners right now, I would say we have a team that's rare. You don't have people who all want to be there. You rarely have that team. You don't have a reliable team going in, wanting to help each other, wanting to learn, wanting to improve. And you always overlook that. And I don't think we can. And I think that this is a bigger statement than anybody has mentioned. I think that people touch on it and people talk about how, yeah, it's great. It shows that people care and it shows that people want to get behind Joe. It's more than just that. You would never see that with any other coach. When you think about it around the NFL, except for maybe a few. But I don't think that it's talked about enough that Zach Taylor cares about this team a lot more than he gets credit for. And I'm not saying that I love Zach Taylor. I'm also not saying that I hate Zach Taylor. But if he can do something with this schedule, if he can outcoach a couple games, like let's say he goes into San Francisco, or I guess San Francisco comes to us um, and out coaches that those coaches over on that other sideline. If he goes and 
can outcoach Mike Tomlin like he did on Monday night last season. If he can outthink Andy Reid the day after New Year's, which I think is incredibly difficult to do, but it would prove a point. It would prove so many points. I think that this team is something that we can all be proud of. I think that it is something we as the fans have honestly deserved being in such a slump for so long and not being able to go and be as happy as I can be, honestly. I know a lot of people, as I said earlier, there are going to be people who comment and say, Joe Burrow doesn't have a line. He's going to, how can you throw for 4,000 yards in a season when you're on your back all the time? How, what's the purpose of getting Jamar Chase? Like, what what's the purpose of everybody showing up to OTAs? Nobody cares if Joe Burrow's lying on the floor. And that's a very narrow-minded, uneducated way to look at such a complex situation that had to deal with so many injuries and different schemes, different coaches, different mindsets, different team. Think of how many people we don't have that we do now and that we did have, but we don't now. And it's a complete shift. Zach, this is a prove it year for Zach Taylor. And I think that he can prove it with what he's been given and what I think we as a fan base can give him with the overwhelming support that we can always give him and the team and Joe and Tyler and T and Joe again, you y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, Jamar, uh, Jackson, Carmen, Tyler Shelvin, make Cincinnati proud. Go out there and spread the Cincinnati love. I love being a part of the city. I love being a part of the state. I know a lot of my friends don't like it here. They like other places better. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I want to be in this city. I want to be supporting this team. I want to go out and let people know that I'm a Bengals fan. That's not something that shouldn't be something you should be ashamed of anymore. And I really, if I could give you guys a final departing after this second recorded inaugural episode of the New Jungle podcast is spread who they love. Go around, get if you see somebody with a with a tiger hat or a Hootay shirt or e- even new stripes, go up, talk to them, say, hey, I'm excited for the, are you excited for the season? Talk, talk to them, say, hey, you and I have something in common, and it's that we love this team to bits no matter what. We're going to go in every Sunday, put on our jerseys, put on our game faces. We're going to scream loud, whether it's at the TV or at the stadium. It's 
it's a new culture and we need to spread the who day love and to that i bid all of you a good day or a good morning or a good night as i say at the beginning of every podcast um i love all of you i'm hoping to eventually start having guests which I have a couple guests in mind, but I don't know if it's going to happen sooner rather than later, but stay tuned at this current moment of recording. I don't know when it's going to be released, but I have a very special guest. Hopefully my excitement holds and I'm able to post this before my other one, but who knows, who knows? Um, yeah, go get them guys, uh, spread the who day love, make that a hashtag, make that a saying, go, go spread the who day love, um, go be yourselves and be who day nation. And to that, I bid all of you a good day and have a good one. Who day.